All right, I'm back. I have my coffee. Really? Okay, great. Absolutely. My brain doesn't work without it. Absolutely. All right, I guess we'll get started. Hey, everyone. You're listening to what was previously known as the Milestone Racing Podcast. As you can see by the, the banner, it's been changed to the Working Triathlete Podcast. Uh, today, I have Conrad with me, and we're going to dive into his background and then my background again, I'll reintroduce myself and then uh, we'll talk about our coaching business and what we want to accomplish. Um, so Conrad, why don't you start off by talking about who you are and what led you to the sport? Sounds good. Well, uh, I'm excited to join you on this venture and as a brief background on myself, I grew up in Pennsylvania, small town outside of Carlisle, which is near Harrisburg, South Central Pennsylvania. And I grew up playing baseball and football. And I pretty much thought I was going to be a football player the whole way up through middle school and the first year of high school. But I, I got sucked into running and I, I loved it. So my background and initially, much like yours, was, uh, you know, we entered the endurance sports world through running, uh, ran cross country and track all through high school and really became a student of the sport early. Uh, we lived across the street from a library in, in a little town called Mount Holly Springs. And I would check out every single book on running and cycling uh, and anything endurance related and just devoured them. Uh, so was very passionate early on uh, about endurance sports and, you know, from after high school, I continued running. I ran cross country at Vanderbilt University, and, and that's what brought me to Nashville. And I'm, I'm still here. So we stuck around after uh, I graduated, met my wife at, at Vanderbilt in a poetry class. Um, and uh, yeah, so I've been in Nashville about 12 years, 13 years. Um, and after graduating, I got into triathlon and, and, and commercial real estate actually, and, and started coaching triathlon, um, shortly thereafter. And, and since that time, uh, sort of grew the coaching business to, a, a, a decent size. And, uh, also wrote, I wrote two books over the last few years. Um, first one is called the working triathlete. And that book, is really, uh, it focuses on maximizing performance and, and fewer hours. So, you know, I think most triathletes are age groupers who have full-time jobs and other responsibilities. Uh, and that book really hones in on how to do really well in, in triathlon and not compromise performance, but also not compromising life's responsibilities. Um, so that was my first book. And my second book, uh, which was published last year, is called Triathlon Freestyle Simplified. And that book is, is tailored to really adult onset swimmers. I co-wrote that book with Rob Sleemaker, who's an exercise physiologist and uh, coach, and, and he is the founder and CEO of VASA. Uh, so that book was, was published last year. And, and right now, uh, really just aiming to, to grow uh, our, our team here in Nashville with you. And, and, and I would also say that in addition to those things, I'm 
still a, a participant in triathlon um, and kind of a fierce competitor of yours, <laughs> which is how we met. That, that is correct. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I guess. So obviously you still compete. Do you have a favorite race? Um, that's a tough question. So I've been fortunate to do many different races from sprint triathlons the whole way up to extreme iron distance races. I would say my most memorable race and probably one of the most incredible experiences of my life was uh, participating in Norseman a few years ago, which is an extreme triathlon in Norway. Uh, it's, it's an absurd race. There's 18,000 feet of, of elevation gain. You, you'd start to swim by jumping off of a ferry into a freezing cold, uh, glacier-fed fjord. And you swim 2.4 miles and you bike 112 across Norway with athletes from all over the world. There are dozens of different accents and languages they hear. And the whole time there are Norwegians on the side of the road screaming, hiya, hiya. And it's an absolutely incredible experience. And the first 160 athletes who make it to the last checkpoint on the run, they get to finish the iron distance race by climbing up Mount Gasta Toppen, which is grueling and cruel to do at the end of an Ironman race. But you kind of have to alpine climb your way up to the top of the mountain. And there's a big tower and it's this grand finish um, but that was the most incredible race that, that I've done, but I, I also love racing locally. Um, and there are a bunch of good races around here. I mean, I like the music city triathlon, which is our local one. Uh, I know we've competed in that and, and a lot of our athletes compete in that one. Yeah. Uh, um, so, so I, I want to backtrack real quick. So going back to Norseman and we can, we'll definitely I think we should talk about this in the, an entire podcast one day, but yeah. Conrad also ran the first 5k barefoot in that race. Real. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess the, you can briefly talk about that and then, then I'll give my background and we'll go from there. Sounds good. So the special thing about Norseman is that there are no aid stations, so it's self-supported. So you have to bring your support team and they ride, they have to, you have to rent a car. And my, my wife and, and father-in-law, uh, they were my support team and they did an incredible job. You know, they were amazing. And we, you have to pre-plan where you're going to meet them on the course. And there's a tracker that is attached to your ankle. So it, your team is tracking you on the tracker to figure out where you are and trying to meet you on the course. And on one of the last pre-planned, you know, meeting points on the bike, my tracker wasn't working. It showed that I was going three miles an hour. So they, they missed me on that last aid station, but I had already passed it and I was in T2. So I was transitioning bike to run. And so I got off the bike and I, I was trying to find them because they had my my shoes, which, you know, you kind of need for the marathon. And, you know, I, I just couldn't find them. I couldn't see them. So I had a cell phone, but it's Norway. It's it's in the mountains and you can't there. I just didn't have service. So I'm frantically calling them, trying to find them. I don't know where they are. And the thing about Norsemen is 
people do it so that it can get the black shirt, which means, you know, like I said, the first 160 athletes at the last checkpoint, they're allowed to go up to the top of the mountain where the tower is, where there's this big hurrah and you need to be in the top 160 for that to happen. So I'm standing there and 20 minutes goes by, but I can't start because I need my shoes. And then finally, and, and meanwhile, athletes are passing me and embarking upon the bike. So I'm counting and I'm like, all right, I'm 70th, 80th, 100th. I'm like, uh-oh, I need to get out there and start running. So I finally connected with them. For some reason, the cell phone worked and uh, they said that they were 15 kilometers away. And I'm like, oh no. And I'm like, I'm going to start running. Just find me out on the course and throw me my shoes. But I need to just start making progress. So, you know, meanwhile, I'm asking people if they, anybody has an extra pair of shoes and obviously nobody does. So I, so I just give up and I, I'm like, I just need to go. And I start running down the road and I'm just running down the road barefoot with my race bib on and people are, are shocked there. I remember one, one, one French guy was like, you are not wearing shoes. And I was, I was like, I know, I know they're coming, they're coming. And after literally five, as if K, you didn't know already, <laughs> I know, I know. And, uh, but my support team ended up arriving and they threw shoes out the window and I put them on and, I ran and, and finished. I ended up getting the black shirt and, and finishing on top of the mountain. And so all was well in the end. Definitely adds to a unique experience. Um, so I guess I'll now reintroduce myself. That way, any new listeners and, and previous listeners kind of have an idea of my background and, and my entry to the sport. But so I grew up in Lapeer, Michigan or Metamore, Michigan, um, you know, in, in farm country. And I grew up playing soccer and things like that. And I have a twin sister who also played soccer, but she began running in seventh grade and broke the school record. In eighth grade, she was dominant and ran really well. Um, I, I began running in eighth grade. Um, and I recall vividly missing the start of the 800 meter run. And so they threw me in the mile and I performed well at that. And then um, continued to excel, um, as a male in, in high school, you know, my sister was always the top of the league at, at the time. And, you know, as a freshman male, um, I worked my way up year after year. And then going into my senior year, um, I was like, a, predominantly I ran the, the 800 and 400. So, um, middle distance, which is what I was focused on. And then I also swam my senior year of, of high school. Cause I wanted to compete in college. And I competed at Saginaw Valley, where I ran everything from the steeplechase to the 1500 to the 5K, um, and then obviously cross country as well, which you know we competed uh, 8K and, and 10K at the championship events. But um, I definitely enjoyed the the 1500 and the mile the most. Um, it's like it, when you think of a mile, it's like a perfect race. It's broken up well. Um, it's super fast. Everyone thinks it's a distance event, but it's, it's not a distance event at all. It, you know, it's a four minute race. Um, and then throughout high school, I'd compete in like one triathlon or I'm sorry, throughout college, I'd compete in like one triathlon in summer, just to kind of cross train. Cause we ran a lot. And in 2010, I moved to Washington DC and I coached a youth triathlon camp down there. There's three camps in the city and every camp had several coaches that engaged with the kids and, you know, we were with them every morning from eight until 
noon and then they'd depart. Um, and at the end of the summer, they all came together to compete against each other, which was the coolest experience ever. Um, but when you think about encouraging nine-year-olds to uh, swim, bike, and run, it can be pretty challenging. Um, so fast forward a little bit, I started my career with Abercrombie and Fitch um, in, in asset protection, moved to Tennessee back in 2015, decided I needed to get involved in the sport again, and started competing in triathlons. Um, really enjoyed it. Then I, I also became a coach back, you know, I guess four or five years ago too, about the same time Conrad did. And we actually met through a mutual friend, um, ironically, and then him and I became good friends and competitors as well, which is interesting because we're super comparable um, across all distances. I guess we haven't really ran a, a, or competed at a full distance yet together, but from the- That's right. Yeah, from Maybe the, Kona this year. Yeah, maybe. Year. Well, yeah, not this year, but- Oh, I guess you're Iron Man. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, like from a sprint, you know, we we finished within six seconds to each other. You know, seventy point three within a minute of each other. Um, you know, at, at high level races. So um, it's fun when you have that that person in the community that you can kind of key off of and also kind of hold you accountable, even if you're not doing workouts together. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So yeah, and. You know, I began coaching athletes throughout Nashville, and then I have some throughout the country as well. Um, I have not written any books, however, like Conrad, but um, definitely love the the community that I've built. Um, actually, you know, we we our community is kind of intertwined anyway in Nashville, um, but I think it's so valuable and uh, to have people connected. Um, but the most satisfying thing I've I've found is just seeing the success of other athletes and what and what they accomplish, um, especially when someone doesn't know what they're capable of and they start to outperform what their expectations are. Um, I think that's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, like Conrad too, though, I still compete. Um, you know, I don't know if I have a favorite race. I definitely love the local races as well. Uh, last year with the minimal racing, you know, several of us, we went to some local races in Alabama and East Tennessee. And honestly, that was just so much fun to just, knock out a sprint in the morning, you know, an hour race, and then be, you know, be on your way in the afternoon. And you, you had the rest of the weekend to yourself where the 70.3 though, I, I definitely love that distance. Um, I would say, you know, like, like I haven't raced Norseman, but the most unique race I did was uh, 70.3 worlds in Nice, France, which was, that was a really cool experience. Um, you know, Conrad was out there too. And um, it was, it was awesome, but also terrifying descending the mountain out there. <laughs> um, but the, the, the waters in the Mediterranean sea were crystal clear and beautiful. The run was exposed, but flat and, and just like with a ton of support. So pretty cool experience, but, uh, the, the local study point three here in, in Tennessee and Chattanooga, I think is an incredible experience too. Um, I, I would say that community in, in Chattanooga, they, everyone comes out to support the race, which is pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, that's my background. And, you know, so Conrad and I came together, you know, we decided it was time to, to uh, bring our talents together and build a bigger and better community um, to support our athletes and um, just create an awesome community of people. Agreed. Agreed. And certainly by joining forces, you know, we can leverage our relative talents and passions and and really enhance the value that we're delivering to 
to athletes who we work with coach and who are part of the team. And you mentioned community. And I think that that's what I'm most excited about um, because just humans fundamentally, they're kind of wired to want to be part of a community. And nowadays it seems like we don't really know our neighbors. You know, I live in a nice neighborhood and I don't really talk to my neighbors, you know, give them a nod when we get out, get out of our cars or, or if we're doing yard work or something. Uh, but I think humans kind of crave community and, and connections. And I think the triathlon, you know, is its own community and you become who you connect with. So, you know, that quote, you're the aggregate of the five people you spend the most time with. That's certainly true. So we should all aim to surround ourselves with high achievers and people who are positive and, and uplifting. And that's what I'm kind of most excited about on this new venture. Uh, we coach some incredible people and incredible athletes. And so I'm just really looking forward to working triathlete, really just being this place where uh, a place for fellowship and where people can learn together and, and inspire one another. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that that's one of the biggest advantages or benefits of, of joining a, any triathlon team and, and, and especially this one. Yeah. I like how you said, inspire one another. I was with an athlete this morning and we we're just talking about like how, as the community grows, people start to link up with similar abilities and that only just drives progress. Um, yep. and that you think the same, like in, in all aspects of life with work or your career, when you're competing with someone else, or if a company is competing with another company, it's only making the experience to the customers better. Um, because you're, you're forced to find efficient ways to, to be better, but also just be effective and communicate well with one another. And, and, uh, and I think it's fun and it's, it's always great to compete with one another. For sure. For sure. And I mean, yes. I think the biggest thing that one can do to uh, improve their mental health and, and, and well-being is surround yourself with, with people who are positive and uplifting. But if you want to get better, you also have to surround yourself with people who are better at the things you want to be better at. And if you do that, you, know, you can turn your weaknesses into strengths and you just become a better, more effective human being. And, and, you know, what, one other aspect of coaching that I, I really love, um, certainly I love working with elite athletes, top level athletes, or, you know, trying to, uh, become the best they can be and are among the, the best athletes on the planet. But I also love working with, with beginners and kind of seeing them evolve. Um, we talk about improving confidence and, and, self-worth it, it, it's amazing you know if i start working with somebody and and they just do their first sprint try and they didn't think that they could do that before i mean at the beginning you know very few people can even swim across the pool but you know it doesn't take much time if one is executing a good training plan to uh, achieve competency in the water and in cycling and, and running and it's just amazing just how proud they are after they finish uh, they just stand up straighter and taller and um, as they continue doing races, it's just that confidence leaches over, leaks over into other areas of their life. And, you know, if they're given this task at work, it's, it's like, 
okay, I, I can do this. Like I'm an Ironman athlete. I've done an Ironman. I've challenged myself and I've overcome some of the most awe-inspiring and, and most difficult challenges out there. Uh, so I'm capable of, of accomplishing great things in, in areas of life that aren't just triathlon. So a, a lot of benefits and, and a lot of reasons to love coaching and kind of a lot of reasons to, I think, explore, you know, kind of joining us in, in uh, working triathlete. Yeah, great. Um, so stay tuned, everyone. Uh, we'll keep this podcast pretty short, but um, we'll definitely have some information out there. You can go to our website um, or reach out to Conrad at um, Conrad at workingtriathlete.com or myself, Derek at workingtriathlete.com. Um, you know, for more information, but any last thoughts, Conrad? Uh, no last thoughts. I would say just stay to check out the website, workingtriathlete.com. We have more information on, on kind of what we're doing on that website. Uh, we have our tiers of membership and, uh, you know, stay tuned for opportunities to attend training camps with us and, and do group workouts and, and things like that. Perfect. Well, uh, last thing, um, that I'll mention is if you have any questions or have any topics you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, uh, just email one of us and then we can go from there. Uh, thanks Conrad for jumping on today and I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. All right. See you, Derek. See you, everybody.